River Road, you got me running way back home. River Road, you got me running all night long. You got me singing some canal boat song. River Road, River Road, you got me running all night long. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Niner Nuts. I am Dan, alongside with my co-hosts, James and Eric. Gentlemen, say hello. What's up, everybody? Hey, everyone. How's it going? And we are here, uh, not on our normal taping schedule. We had a little conflict come up, but we are still celebrating like it's Victory Monday, as we have, this is not the right year, this is last year's, but our San Francisco 49ers are division champions once again, back-to-back years, 22 and 23, with this victory over the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, I, I don't have an alcoholic drink, but cheers, gentlemen. We won the division. One step closer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, all right. <laughs> Woo! Whatever. This, this is not sponsored by Smoothie King in any way, shape, or form, just so we're clear. Nor, doc- <laughs> nor Dr. Pepper, even though I drink it damn near every episode. Um, <laughs> uh, the nerdy number stuff that I like to do to get that out of the way. Oh, looky here. Brock Purdy had a passer rating over 130. Again, 135.3 to be exact. Four touchdowns, no picks or fumbles. Didn't even take a sack. Shout out to our offensive line. Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel more or less took over the show. Christian had, uh, where is it? About 100 over 180 total yards and three total touchdowns to receiving one rushing and Debo Samuel. It did count as two receiving touchdowns uh, on 48 yards, not that much yardage, but two receiving touchdowns. Kittle also had a nice day, 54 yards. Brandon Ayuk, eh, he's going to be a little bit more remembered today for a really bad drop that he had uh, 37 yards. Otherwise, but like I said, didn't really need him when it was the Christian McCaffrey and Debo. Samuel show for the Arizona Cardinals. I'm a little concerned about how many rushing yards we gave up. Uh, a lot of them was on the DeMarco 50 yard touchdown though. Uh, but as for Kyler Murray, we didn't let him run that much over us. He only ran for 49 yards through for 211, one touchdown, two picks, and he took three sacks on our way to a 45 to 29 victory. We are one game away playing the Rams in January from sweeping the NFC West entirely already locked up the division. So happy hat and shirt day as well. Uh, guys, what did you all, what'd you all think about this game? Well, my only question is what is Kyle Shanahan going to do when he's up 28 to three in the Super Bowl? Is he going to get conservative again <laughs> or uh, is he gonna, like step on the throats of whoever comes out of the AFC? Because there's nothing to be worried about here. The, the Niners are going to get, home field advantage throughout the playoffs. It's going to go through Levi. Purdy is – I mean, I just think they're going to whoop everybody's butt in the playoffs. Like, there, there is nobody in the NFC that can really compete with the Niners. I hate to say that as an Eagles fan, but it's freaking true. It really is true. They just go – what do the 49ers do? They just go out and crush teams every single week. And, you know, the question is what does – Purdy really do in two minutes who gives a crap he they beat everybody down and like this reminds me of the 2017 Eagles basically before Carson Wentz went down every game came up trap game whatever thought they just went out and beat the crap out of people Um, it wasn't until like Nick Foles came in during part of the season where 
things got a little sketchy. But then you go to that NFC Championship game, they trounce uh, the Vikings, and then they go to the Super Bowl and play their play their hearts out. But really, you know, we're you have the test this week with the Ravens to see, okay, how good are they against you know some AFC contenders? But really, they've just shown that they can go out and just kick the crap out of everybody. Uh, Eric, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I I don't know what to say more about the the Niners from an offensive perspective. I mean, we saw everything that we continue to see week after week with them. We saw Purdy displaying his excellence in the pocket and out of the pocket, rolling out and finding guys. You know, he threw for four touchdowns again. I think that's his third four touchdown game um, in like the last like five weeks or something like that. Um, he's been outstanding. McCaffrey continues to be a complete cheat code for us. I mean, he can just do everything out there. We just hand it to him and he makes things happen. Um, you know, he averaged almost six and a half yards of carry in that game. Uh, Debo, you know, again, since we called him out on the podcast, continues to do well. Um, so I, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how other teams are going to slow this team down. I just, I don't know how that's going to happen. I mean, they've played good teams over the last few weeks and like james said i mean they're just stomping them into the ground i mean i i don't i don't know what you're supposed to do um i mean i i have some critiques defensively i mean there was a lot of missed tackles in this game um warner and greenlaw looked very average uh in this game compared to how they typically look um warner missed a bunch of tackles uh greenlaw kind of didn't really show up on the stat sheet uh which is unusual for him uh, we could, we definitely missed uh, Hargrave and Armstead in the middle. I mean, they were able to just run through us um, all night long. So, I mean, that was uh, a couple of the big takeaways that that I took from the game. I, I don't know what the Arizona offense is supposed to be. That was the weirdest and just ugliest offense that I've seen anybody play against the Niners all season long like they don't throw to their wide receivers like I don't know I don't know what that's supposed to be I don't know how they're planning on winning football games with like you know throwing a but like 20 passes to your tight end like I mean Trey McBride was really good don't get me wrong but like I just don't know how that's supposed to work so but whatever I mean uh, you, you mean the, the Cardinals are bad this Niners surprised, right like they yeah. never really yeah yeah, I mean, it, but it was just like on a different level kind of than what I was expecting. I kind of thought with Kyler Murray in there, they'd be a little bit more dynamic. And it's just a bunch of little two and three yard check down passes all the time. I mean, they don't push the ball down the field at all. It was really just bizarre. And I mean, OK, if you want to do that against the Niners, good luck, because they're going to eat you alive over the course of the game. I mean, you just have no shot. So um, I think. I think uh, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens here on, on Christmas day. It's number one versus number one coming in. It's two heavyweights. Um, it's two of the best defenses in the NFL going against each other. Um, uh, certainly the Niners have the better offense to the two teams, but you know, the Ravens keep winning games, even though they don't look like they are doing anything remotely well on offense, they just keep winning. So we'll see what shakes out, but uh, you know, I, I'm curious as how it's gonna 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 work out for us this week. Right, I'm I'm piggybacking off of what you guys said. I I'm the, I'm in the same boat in terms of the offense since our bye week. Man, it's clicking. I'm 
I'm worried about the health of our guards. Like Feliciano is awesome. He he definitely could be a starter on anyone else's team, except when he was a center for the Giants. I don't know what happened there, but as a guard for us, he's A plus perfect backup for Burford. Um, outside of our guards always seemingly getting hurt, it doesn't seem like it matters. So I agree. Our offensive offensively, I got no notes. Purdy looked perfect. All of our weapons, you you just can't cover everybody. Um, defensively, I can, that was a that was the first text I sent our group chat, and I think I tweeted it too because I live tweet every week. Um, that without both Hargrave and Armstead in the middle, that is bad news. That is going to be bad news if we don't have them for the Ravens game because they just went down down our throats uh, on the most successful runs. They were always down our throat because I uh, Kinlaw, yeah, he's been having a better year, and then Kyla Davis and Kevin Givens. They're not Javon Hargrave and Ark Armstead. I'm sorry. They're fine as backups in rotation, but no, they should not be starters because um, that was a really glaring problem that we had. The missed tackles, we just were just missing tackles all year. We could go back every single game. We have a terrible tackling discipline problem. I don't know why it hasn't exactly costed us too much, but no, I agree. The tackling, whatever's going on with tackling, that's got to be locked down for the Ravens game too, but it's not all bad. The bosun chase uh, double siding is great. Uh, whenever Randy Gregory comes out, no, he doesn't have six sacks already, but no, Randy Gregory is a very productive member that ended up working out for us on the cheap. And then our backs got to give a massive shout out to our backs. Jair Brown is playing like a starter. Uh, I saw Logan Ryan come out there a couple times. Nothing flashy, but it's kind of nice to see Logan getting acclimated already. But biggest shout-outs to Tervarius Ward and Demo Lenore. Oh, my God. I We t- we were we were glowing about Tervarius Ward last year. He's playing even better now. And then I just I would give I would personally give a game ball to Diamador Lenore. Every tackle that he made was clean and it was so hard. He's playing his ass off this year, and I just wanted to give a little 30 seconds to just shine a light on him because he's really stepping up and really trying to earn his contract next year. And they just, I don't know, our whole back with Avery Thomas too, I love our secondary this year. Yeah, I think the the secondary has really stepped it up in uh, in the last few weeks, that's for sure. I mean, Demo's been great. Um, Thomas has been good. Um, obviously Ward has been fantastic on the one side. And I mean, I think as long as he continues to lock down that one side, we're going to be a okay. Um, I think one of the more other interesting aspects is I like what they're doing with the defensive line on third down. Now, when it's an obvious passing situation, if you've noticed, they've been just putting in like a pass rush package. So they'll put in both. Well, both is usually in anyways, but they'll bring in chase young, they'll bring in Gregory and, uh, they're bringing in one other guy. I don't know who it is offhand. But they're bringing in specifically just basically guys who just go get the passer. And they're moving them all over the place, too. They're lining up in different spaces and spots. So I think that's a really interesting twist that they've put in. I just noticed it last week and then this week as well. Um, I don't know when they started doing it for sure. But I think that's a really cool concept where they just basically say, look, we're putting all our best pass rushers on the field. Let's go get them. I could imagine Seelan Farrell's in there because Seelan was a starter for a while. Um but yeah, no, I also love it too. When they put Chase and Bosa in the middle, they still keep sprinkling that in every now and then having them as tackles. I just, I love that. Just bull rush them up the middle. Um, but no, the, um, but yeah, no, the only thing really that 
I guess if we were going to segue this into kind of we annihilated the Cardinals, how are we going to be thinking about the uh, the Ravens? Well, um, I, our health is our our health is really the only factor, really. I think our injury list is really really long. Most of the stuff is day to day, but damn, we're going to need a majority of that list to be healthy to compete with the Ravens. Well, before we talk about the Ravens, I just want to say what the heck is Randy Gregory doing pushing somebody after the play and nearly causing Nick Bosa to have a season. <laughs> that oh my gosh. Dumb. That is dumb. Stop. I mean, you could tell everybody get around them. Like you nearly cost us, you know, our best defensive player. <laughs> we need to. Okay. Yes. We need to talk before. Yes. Before the Ravens, we need to talk about the three biggest, like scary moments of the game. That was absolutely terrifying. Thinking we had no Nick Bosa's Achilles torn. Um, the not so scary one, it was just really funny when Christian McCaffrey just fell on his butt and it was almost down there, but then he was still able to get up, <laughs> but that was definitely for me still a, a hold your breath. Like, oh, what? But, um, but yeah, no, do we all have thoughts on, um, Brock Purdy almost getting knocked the F out in this game? <laughs> I mean, my life flashed before my eyes. When they they panned back and Purdy was just laying down motionless, basically on the field, I was like, "Oh my god!" I'm like, "Tell me this isn't happening! Tell me this isn't happening!" I'm like, "Please just get up, Brock! Please just get up!" I was so distraught. I was like, "Oh my god, the season is gonna be over!" But then, thankfully, he just went and got checked out and came right back. So, I I felt bad. I had to tell my my fiance was watching the game with me, and I don't mind talking to her during the game, like. I can still hear the commentary, but in that moment, I felt really bad because it was, it was like when I had to tell my mom to be quiet when I was trying to see Greenlaw get thrown out. I I was just like, "Babe, our quarterback just got knocked out. I please be quiet." <laughs> <laughs> but no, thank God he just got a yeah. rush. thank God he just got a shoulder stinger. I, bro, the way he got hit, that really looked like he was going to have a concussion and miss next week. I'm so. <laughs> Talk about some talk about some luck. Jesus Christ. <laughs> but yeah. no, Randy Gregory yeah, too. It, Thank you for mentioning Randy Gregory. He he definitely needs to be embarrassed in the film room today if he wasn't yet. <laughs> so yeah. Well, I mean, we've got an extra day for everybody to get healthy for the Ravens game, to your point, Dan, you know, about getting people healthy and ready to go. So hopefully that helps out. Um, I think we'll probably see Armstead play, I would imagine. Um, I don't know how bad Hargrave's hamstring was, but I can imagine he'll probably play as well. And, um, you know, I think everything will be back to kind of what we would expect from the defensive side of the ball. Well, we got Kalia Davis is definitely going to be out. They said his ankle was a high ankle sprain. I didn't actually check before we got on here. I don't know if Drake Jackson's eligible to come off IR yet. I feel like he is. I I hope he is because that'd be some nice step to get back. Um. We had another, we had another, I forgot the defensive line, the other defensive lineman that had just an ankle, day-to-day -day ankle. Um, he'll probably be fine. And then Demo got a bruise on his rib, but they said that he's day-to-day, -day, he's probably going to be fine. But but no, just with how many people on our injury list were defensive line, like, I was wondering, like, if we should entertain, like I saw Justin Houston became available from Carolina, if we should look into him, or... Someone else I saw online said, hey, maybe we can knock on Indomitian Sue's door. He's really old, but defensive tackle fits right in there if Armstead or Hargrave have a setback during practice this week. I mean, 
I just, I just, I don't know. Like, it's good that we've had this many players because we can go through this rotation. But now that more than half of them are hurt, oh, at least they're not chasing Bosa. But we, if we're that, if our center of the line is that bad going against the Ravens with how hard they run, that's not good. <laughs> well, I mean, the one main running back for the Ravens just got his knee blown out in the game the other day. So, I mean, I'm a little less concerned about their running game now because. Gus Edwards has not been good running the ball all season long. He's not explosive. He's just going to run into the line and, you know, get two, three yards a, a push at most anyways. Um, so I'm a little less worried and concerned about, about them from a running perspective um, than I was before the game. So I don't know. We'll see. I think um, I think the 49ers, to, to James's point, uh, again, that he made earlier, I think they're they're in control of their own destiny. Um, thank you, Seattle Seahawks. Big shout out, Seattle Nation, uh, for the <laughs> for the win uh, the other night, um, putting out, us Buffalo a full Peter. game. Just so, just so you know how mad, like I get mad during the game, but my wife got even madder. She literally said on one of the plays that that the if the refs called it back or you know gave him a penalty, she literally was going to take a dump in the refs' mailbox. Like, like that's my wife and she did not say dump she she said the other expletive for it so oh my so, god yeah. a poop a poop in the mailbox <laughs> <laughs> so Dude. i mean i'm just i'm just saying like you know at least i have my wife to be passionate about and you know earmuffs bitch about the eagles with when they lose and at the game it is kind of nice, you know, to have somebody that will will do that because, <laughs> you yeah. know, as frustrated as you are. Well, we yeah. need a, we need to shout out Bill's Mafia, too, for taking down the, the Cowboys. Like, I don't think anybody saw that coming either. Like, James, you saw that the Seattle was going to beat the Eagles because I don't think any. Of yeah, you did call that, that, my man. You called that for sure. I did. I, I, I said Pete Carroll. I mean, Pete Carroll has our number. That's eight straight with no losses against the Eagles. It's 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 uncanny, like how how bad they are when they play Seattle. It, like it doesn't matter, and they literally blew that lead. Like ah, uh, like they just have our number. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is. I mean, welcome to playing. Welcome to playing Seattle for ten years. Like. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, it's, it's just it's just insane how in that we are against Seattle. Doesn't it suck to lose to Seattle every time? Like yes, every <laughs> time we lose to Seattle, I I just ah uh, I can't stand it. And you know, like the one time, like they were they were in Philly during a playoff game, and it was seventeen to nine after they knocked Carson Wentz out of the game. And I'm just like, Josh McCown is playing that game and nearly <laughs> back, like. It just, it just, we have bad luck against Seattle. It doesn't matter what. And you look at that game, I, I feel the refs, you know, I mean, the Eagles, yes, needed to play better. They need to do better things. But the refs seem to be more one-sided in that game. And it just, like, and the Eagles just playing the way they did did not help things. And, yeah, I'm, you know, I, I don't know what to say. I, I just... You know, I, I don't see things going well for the Eagles this year. Um, it doesn't look like they can get it together. And the 49ers should literally cruise to uh, their next uh, 
Super Bowl championship because they're really, you know, you look at the AFC, you look at the NFC, there's really no teams that can compete with them. It really is. It's just they're far and above the best team in the league. Um, and yeah, I, they whoever they play in in the in the Super Bowl, they'll at least be a touchdown favorite. I, I guarantee it. Well, we're only five points well, that's... against the against the Ravens. Let's keep in mind, like this is going to be, like yeah, we we're playing the Commanders and the Rams. The Rams are probably going to be playing for a wild card spot, really. So they'll they'll be fighting whether we are or not. Like we'll just see how the rest of it shakes out. But but no, this will be this is this feels like the same kind of hype before Philadelphia. Like I. I was a little reassured because I did watch the highlights of the Ravens game and the Ravens do look susceptible. Like we can, I think we can compete very well against the Ravens, but there's, I just can't shake this feeling because of how good they can be. Their ceiling is really high, but their basement is equally low. So hopefully we get the Ravens that are closer to the basement than the ceiling. <laughs> like, Well, generally they play up or down to their competition. So they'll probably be on point for the 49ers game. But I, I just they I, they know this is number one versus number one. They're not they're not oblivious to how big the stakes are in this game for both of them. No, but I mean I I still would take the four I would still take the 49ers uh minus five and a half in this game. I I just I don't see it being that close, especially since it's it's at Levi. So yeah, like I just I don't see the Ravens coming in there and you know you know, winning or winning, winning at all. And I just, I just don't think it'll be close. I, I don't with the, I mean, the 49ers are just too good. And yeah, the Ravens are the best probably in the AFC, but they haven't looked good in some bad games. And um, that went AFC, overtime with the, with the Rams, let's not forget two weeks ago. Yeah. I, so like, you don't know what you're going to get from the Ravens and the, the 49ers, you know what you are getting every single week. You are getting a juggernaut offense with basically a defense that will stalemate your offense to, to like nothing. And that's what you get from the 49ers every single week, minus those three games from the Midwest, you know, uh, nightmare. They have looked considerably almost, you know, like, you know, on a scale of maybe, you know, the 2007 Patriots, except I think they're going to win the Super Bowl. Like that's, that's, it's, they're that dominant against people. And the fact that they lost, they know that they can't let up and can just automatically go there and get a win against anybody. They know that they are susceptible to a loss if they don't play up. And like I said, what's Kyle going to do when he's up 28 to three? I think he has, I think he has the offense now to not play to not lose. I think he has the offense and the confidence now to actually play to win. It sure seems like it now. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know what happened. They must have had that powwow that I was really hoping for since the bye week because he is very aggressive on offense. That defense is a juggernaut, as is, assuming we stay healthy, knock on wood. Um, so I don't well, know. I guess, I guess the last thing I'll ask then is, are we happy that the media is finally begrudgingly, well... I guess we need to take Purdy as an MVP candidate now. Like, oh, that's been so satisfying to see. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Purdy, Purdy as an MVP candidate is the clear favorite, should be the clear favorite with Christian McCaffrey right behind him. Um, 
really after that, who's next? I mean, it's we can't. I mean, the 49ers have the best team, they have the best offense, they have. I can't, I, there's no way they shouldn't win the Super Bowl this year. Like, you, there's no way. If if they don't win the Super Bowl this year, then it's a disappointment because they literally are the yeah. best. They have the best roster. And yeah, they're, it's just, they're that's, just that's verbatim what I was telling my fiance, like when the game was over, like, because she's not a footballer, like at all. And I said for pretty much that verbatim, like, you have no idea how crushed my soul will be because of how talented this roster is that we blew a, a Super Bowl ring because this team will never happen again. How lucky it is that this team is as good as it was after last year is just so infinitesimally impossible to have happened. And so the fact that it did, like, I, my, my a little part of my soul will be crushed. N- not well, quite as Not quite as bad as actually losing the big game, but... No, this, this team is too talented. And if you remember when I, came, I we came on this show probably in May, and I said if the 49ers are to go on and win a Super Bowl, they were going to need Brock Purdy to play at an elite level, and he has, and that's that's it. He's he's playing at an elite level. MVP. He's 208 yards away from a 4,000-yard season, and we have three games left. Yeah, it's insane. And he he's he's playing at an elite level this is what the quarterback the 49ers needed this is what shanahan has always wanted for this 49ers offense there's like you said dan you if they lose the super bowl or don't get to the super bowl this year or win the super bowl this year it it will be a disappointment and who knows who knows if you'll get back you know again after this year because next year you're going in the cap hell yeah, no. Um, Eric, did you have anything to chime in on that? I'm sorry if it sounded like we were stepping on you. <laughs> oh, no, not at all. Um, you know, I think it was uh, – it's interesting that you were mentioning that Brock is uh, so close to 4,000 yards. He's second behind Tua overall in yards for the season. Uh, he's just shy of 3,800 yards. Tua's at 3,900. Uh, but Brock is 21st overall in attempts uh, this season. So he's making – by far, he is. We said Tua was first. Tua has 458 attempts. Brock has 384. So he's whatever that is, 70-ish attempts behind Tua in terms of throwing the ball, and yet he's only like 100 yards behind him. So I mean, he's making That's two an insane whole worth of attempts. Yeah, yeah, and he's making an insane difference in terms of the yardage that he's doing. What you were saying there, uh, I don't remember James or Dan, whichever one of the two of you it was, about Kyle and his aggressiveness. I don't know that Kyle has actually changed what he does, to be honest. I think that Brock has made all the difference in the world in that, to be be honest. I think that Brock has seen the play. I I think Kyle always had the plays, right? I think if you go back and you look at some tape, of when Jimmy was back there and and you would look at the all 22 film, you could see guys down the field, 10, 15 yards running open. So Kyle was getting guys open back in the day when Jimmy was there. Jimmy just never threw the ball. He just wouldn't make those passes. I think now we're seeing Brock is making those plays and is making those passes. So I don't necessarily think that Kyle has gotten 
more aggressive per se. I think he's still calling the same game. I think Brock's just seeing the field and seeing those plays and trusting his guys better than Jimmy ever did and is able to actually make those throws that Jimmy couldn't make. And it's just opened up our offense to a whole new level. Um, I think that's really what's occurred. Yeah, and I I don't think he – I still – I agree with you, Eric. I don't think he's gotten any more aggressive. And you can you can tell by the way he you know he doesn't do those little analytical things uh, that coaches like Doug Peterson does you know to get the edge in a game uh, for whatever it's worth. Like he still plays not to lose. He doesn't like there there have been times this year where there was a penalty on the extra point and they literally only needed a yard to go to get two points instead of one. Like those types of things he doesn't do. And that's the only thing that I, I can gripe on him about because those types of things, um, you know, some, you know, in a game, a close game or a tight game, which I know they haven't played yet, but if they do, it's those types of things that could help you win a game in those instances. And because doing something like that, yeah, I know you're up, you know, you're up. St- 14 or whatever, but you're playing to win in that case. And we've seen that Kyle really plays not to lose. And that's, that's what I don't think he's any more aggressive. You're right, Eric. I don't think he's any more aggressive than he has been. Maybe I'm just blinded by the effect. I must be blinded by the effectiveness of like, this is how I envisioned these plays actually going. Cause he said, I listened to him talk to Greg Papa every week and this week specifically, I'm sure he said it a hundred other times. He goes for the explosive. Like he wants every single play to be explosive. In his words, he doesn't design any plays to just be like, oh, I only expect or think five yards here, three yards there. Maybe this pass will get 15 yards. Maybe he's blowing blowing his own smoke. But he says, no, I design every play to have the upside being it going to the house. And he expects most of these plays that he's calling the way he calculates them to go to the house so now that we have the most explosive offense in the league and we have a quarterback that is executing it as perfectly as he is i think maybe that's what i'm getting blinded to because i mean when you do when you have the offense like what we have where the explosive plays seemingly happen at least three times a quarter yeah you can be a little bit more lax in the fourth quarter and pull brock purdy out with eight minutes left (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah here we are yet another game that brock hasn't finished i think that's like what seven or eight on the season now that brock hasn't finished this season who, i mean that's was, just absurd who is that stupid reporter who said oh if there's anything against brock purdy he's not good in the fourth quarter like are you watching <laughs> me? Like, that's so dumb that's so dumb he's not playing in the fourth quarter because they're up so much like who are you like you're just searching for something like are, are you sure you weren't looking at jimmy g stats <laughs> yeah oh yeah. my god i mean so funny i think yeah not to not to fall back on the whole uh eagles getting beat thing yesterday but um, you know having that game up in the in the nfc now makes a huge possibility of us hopefully beating the Ravens next week and then going on and beating Washington and having first place lined up and not really having to play anybody in week 18. So theoretically we could take two weeks off the week 18. And then that first bye week 
I think that would be absolutely huge for this team. Yeah. Yo, if we I mean, could, act, could be, if we could actually do that, that it could that be, would be sooner. It could even be the sooner with the way the Eagles are playing right now. Yeah, they're playing the Giants, but you know, I mean, they could eat this Eagles team could easily get beat by this Giants team. And you look at the Cowboys and the rest of their schedule as well. Like you, it could even be you know week seven, week sixteen, or you know, could it? I, could we lock they, the number? If if the Eagles yes. and the if the Eagles and the Cowboys both lose and we beat the Ravens, that would lock the number one, wouldn't it? Yes. Uh, if the Eagles, the Cowboys, and the Rams all lose this week, we lock up number one. Yeah. It could easily... It could or no, easily. I'm sorry. The Lions, not the Rams. Okay, so literally t- literally seed two, three, and seven. If all three of them lose. Okay. Or yeah. five, yep. whatever whatever the Eagles seed is right now. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I mean it, it's, it's crazy to think, but that's... You could easily have it locked up by here because none of those teams are really playing at their best and have been susceptible to uh, losses. So, I mean, you guys are, they're not, it's easy to think that you guys could end up with the one seat after this weekend. Well, well I mean, the, we the Cowboys play the Dolphins. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the good thing about that is, is we're sitting pretty because we're the last game of the week. So, I mean, we'll know exactly where we sit going into to the game, right? So the Cowboys play the Dolphins. Um, possible that the, I don't, I don't have any idea what to make of that game. Those two teams just, I don't, those two teams confuse the hell out of me. I don't know what to make of either of them. Um, the, the lions play the Vikings. The Vikings could beat the lions. The lions are very up and down. It seems. And then, uh, you know, James, you're saying that the Eagles could possibly lose to the giants. So, I mean, it's not an, it's not an impossible scenario. Yeah, I, I would. I hate to say it. No matter, like it's it's hard to not pick the Eagles in a Giants Eagles game. But the way this team looks, like I I I wouldn't doubt. I I wouldn't be surprised if the Giants somehow came out and beat us. You know, in a close game, in a tight game, just because of of how inept the Eagles' offense is uh, against any defense. It just seems like and. Um, they're just they're not playing well their offense is predictable and you know the only thing that i will guarantee in that eagles giants game is that boston scott scores a touchdown and that's about it <laughs> well currently the eagles are a 12 point favorite so go figure that one out yeah i would why I would... has vegas paid attention like no the giants just had an embarrassing loss but what no i'm sh- i'm shocked they're not only a 7 point favorite 12-point favorite, I say take the Giants with the points. Yeah, that would be pretty hardy. Gosh. Um, well, I think with that, guys, I think we've just about covered everything that we could about this game. And now we begin to wait eagerly in anticipation for Christmas Day when we will be facing John Harbaugh, Lamar Jackson, and the Baltimore Ravens. Please, um, Santa, bring me a Niners win for Christmas. <laughs> Yes. Um, before we sign out, of course, we have to talk about our sponsors very, very quickly. Our sponsor, our very gracious sponsor for the entirety of the season, Royal Retros. What is RoyalRetros.com? It is your go-to place to go get yourself an authentic throwback jersey. They don't just have football. They cover all of the major sports, but 
Obviously, we're a Niners podcast, and for you Niners fans there, they do have a candlestick collection up right now with some really nice 49ers gear. They also have uh, San Francisco Giants gear if you're into baseball. Go ahead and check all that out. And if you find something you like, go ahead and throw it in your cart and use the promo code Shady Sports to get 10% off of your entire order. Again, it's promo code Shady Sports for 10% off your order at royalretros.com. It helps the channel. It helps the show. Thank you, Shady Sports, for hooking us up with this awesome sponsorship. Again, guys, royalretros.com, promo code Shady Sports. Go get yourself an authentic throwback jersey today. James, let the people know about the charity once that goes away. There we go. (laughs) Also, about Royal Retros, they don't just have, like Dan says, they have a lot of 49er stuff, but they even have Philly stuff. They have uh, uh, the Negro League uh, baseball uniforms for the Philly team. Uh, they also, I believe, have a, a Philadelphia Stars USFL uh, gear as well. So uh, if you're into Philly sports, if you're into rare jerseys, uh, Royal Retros is the place to get them. And with that being said, we're going to talk about our charity like we have been uh, throughout uh, m- much of the season. Uh, basically, if you read the news recent, well, in the last six or seven months, uh with the Houston Texas owner being charged in very serious sexual crimes in Kentucky. Um, and then also the CEO, Jed York, uh, of the 49ers uh, being caught in a civil lawsuit for insider trading uh, with a company that helped students cheat during the pandemic. So with that, the reason why we're con- we're talking about that is, is because the NFL knew in the case of Jed York, we can allegedly say they knew for two years, and they definitely knew uh, for a couple of months, like three, four months, in the Houston Texans minority owner of their wrongdoings. However, they failed to report. But as we know, if we looked over the past month, Von Miller, who was allegedly uh, in a domestic violence issue with his with his girlfriend, got charged with domestic violence charges, we knew before he turned himself in and when the arrest warrant was. And the NFL has said that owner standards are supposed to be held higher to player standards. However, we don't think that they're doing that. And so we're we're bringing awareness to that. And to show you we put our money where our mouth is, we are selling T-shirts for charity to help a Kentucky crisis center. So first T-shirt we have here is the statement, owner standards are less than player standards, hashtag owner accountability. Uh, that's the statement we are making. $22.99 gets you that in a T-shirt. We have different colors, different styles, different sizes. Uh, that's our statement, though, with our hashtag. The next one is the owner standoff shirt. Uh, this is our specifically charity-only shirt. We had this for the Dan Snyder campaign, and now we have it for this campaign. $22.99 gets you that in the T-shirt. Or you can get it in a pullover hoodie or crew neck sweatshirt as well. Uh, the next one is our Niner Nuts podcast logo art. You'll find this on our YouTube channel, Spodcast, Spotify uh, uh, podcast channel, or Apple Music podcast, or wherever you listen or watch us. Uh, $22.99 gets you that in a T-shirt. And then next we have our Niner Nuts alternate logo. Uh, basically, I have this shirt, nice quality. Uh, $22.99 gets you that. We have it in different colors and different styles and different sizes as well. And then finally, last but not least, our official mascot, the Niner Nuts peanut, eating peanuts while sitting on the couch rooting for the San Francisco 49ers. $22.99 gets you in that in t-shirt. Uh, donate to a Kentucky Crisis Center 
today. All the proceeds go to charity. Uh, search Niner Nuts Apparel, uh, bonfire.com in Google, and it'll pull right up. It's the first link that you see. That's where you'll find these t-shirts. Yeah, guys, we don't want any money for these shirts. We just want you to have a cool shirt while you're helping out a family in need. And we are going to continue to sell these shirts for a while. So feel free to go ahead, go grab one, help out a family today. Um, I'm going to continue my trend of not seeing a news, of not reading a news story. The only thing that I saw uh, noteworthy in the news was Aaron Rodgers is actually saying now that he's probably not going to play this year. I wonder why after the Jets got eliminated. But, <laughs> but I want to shout out, um, I want to shout out the, based on the photos that I saw, I would say that probably 3,000 people went to the Carolina Panthers game over the weekend. I actually did <laughs> check in on that game more than once just to just to see the camera crew deliberately going out of their way to not show the crowd. That was really, really funny to me. Uh, I didn't care about the final score. Like, it, I'm sure the game itself was terrible. Like, from the little bits I saw, it was. And but... How much were tickets before the game? <laughs> oh, literally $10. No, literally <laughs> as low as 45 cents. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm not I'm not kidding. They were literally less than a dollar. And I I tried to find numbers online about what the final attendance was. They issued, I'm using my words carefully, they issued 70,000 out of the 72 and change that that stadium can hold. Yeah, right, 70,000 people were there. Like I said, I would bet <laughs> somewhere between 2 and 3,000 were there. And they I don't even think there was that many people there. <laughs> I mean, there's there's more people at a St. Louis Battlehawks game than that, man. <laughs> like I'm taking, I'm just no. Some of the photos I saw, it looked like there wasn't even 200 people there. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a little bit of like I bet somewhere between two and three thousand were actually there. Like all said and done, if they actually said what the number was, but yeah, all I could find was that they issued seventy thousand tickets, which clearly not that many people were there, but. Yeah, no, I just wanted to shout out those fans because that was that looked like some pretty torrential rain that you sat through for a terrible game. And I hope you all have a wonderful, happy holidays, whichever holiday you celebrate. What was the final that was, score? Uh, nine to six and nine, nine to seven. seven. Nine to seven. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It was yeah. a division the, uh, game too. And it just just shout out to all of them that braved that rain. Yeah. The only bit of news that I saw, which might be interesting for our parlay show, is that it looks like Stroud is not going to play this week. So heavy on the Browns versus the Texans. Okay. okay. Very nice. Um, I think then, unless James, you happen to see something newsworthy. <laughs> nope. Right on. Well, then, like, I, like we've been talking, uh, we are playing on Monday, but it's not the Monday Night Football crew. It is the Sunday Night Football crew on NBC and Peacock. We're going to be at home playing the Ravens, literally the number one AFC team and the number one NFC team as of this taping. Going at it. Might be a Super Bowl preview, might not. But yeah, no, we're back to we're back to a really, really important game three weeks after Philadelphia. And uh, I said it was I said Philadelphia was going to cement our footing for Super Bowl contenders. This is exactly what the Ravens game is going to be. So I can't wait. It's going to be really intense. Hopefully my family doesn't care that I'm going to be watching the game um, <laughs> while I'm hanging out with them. Uh, but yeah, uh, James. Uh, Merry Christmas, everybody. Outro music, River Road, Justin New. Happy holidays. Let's beat the Ravens. 
River Road, you got me running way back home. River Road, you got me running all night long. You got me singing some canal boat song. River Road, River Road, you got me running all night long. River Road, where have all the women gone? Have they kissed her hand and waved you bye-bye? Have they thought about crossing your double yellow lines? River Road, they love the way you whine and cry.